You're listening to the PFG Vibecast. And now your host, Julie Voigt and Russell Baxter. And welcome to another edition, or I should say another episode of the PFG Vibecast. I am yours, Julie, Julie Voigt, along with my co-founder, Mr. Russell Baxter. Russ, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing terrific. Um, To be honest with you, still kind of riding high over our most recent shows, Julie. Um, You know, we've had Amy Trask on uh, with CBS Sports and CBS Sports Net, and of course, former CEO of the Oakland Raiders, and of course, Sean Salisbury got us all caught up on um, the draft prospects in terms of the quarterback position. He was a lot of fun, and Sean and I go back uh, many years, but I want to go back to something that we have not talked about the last couple episodes, Mm -hmm. and that's putting a wrap on our PFG Vibe Twitter series, which was the most interesting team in each division this off season, mm-hmm. we did the AFC West. I'm sorry. We did the AFC East and, and NFC East. We did the AFC North and NFC North. We did the AFC South and NFC South. And we left the West. we left the West for last. And that would be the AFC West and the NFC West. And the team that people who follow us voted for the most in terms of intrigue was not the team that won the division, was not the team that won 12 games and were a wild card. It was the silver and black of the Oakland Raiders. What do you think about that, Julie? How about that? I mean, if I could sum up one team for the whole league, that would be the most intriguing, and I would have to pick Oakland Raiders, not only because they have about – three draft picks in the first round, not only because they pretty much have four top 50 picks in the draft, but you also have the rumors of, of course, I know everyone's probably tired of their names, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown possibly getting acquired by Oakland, but you can fit them in any picture, honestly. But you also have, you know, a new GM coming in, Mike Mayock, and you know he's got to know something about draft picks. So I think, in my opinion, this is going to be one of the most intriguing teams because it's going to be interesting to see what kind of moves they have. Um, And it's funny that I actually um, found something on Twitter from NFL Research, and it said that the last three teams to have four-plus picks in the top 50 went on to win at least five more games in the season, which um, was the 2018 Browns, um, the 2016 Titans, and the 2012 Rams. So who knows? Maybe the Raiders can, you know, continue that streak in 2019 and maybe just work their way better before their big move in 2020. Yeah, um, you know, it's safe to say this was an intriguing team last offseason, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the transactions of uh, players who left 
and players who were required. I think I thought the move that summed up the, for lack of a better word, the chaos of the Oakland Raiders last year was when the team went out and acquired Brian Switzer, the wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys. And then a few months later, Julie, Mm -hmm. they traded Ryan Switzer to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I kind of (laughs) summed things up, but they orchestrated the huge trade with Khalil Mack and wound up getting a couple first rounders. One of them they'll use this year. They traded Amari Cooper away. They got a first rounder for them. And that's how we're standing with the three first rounders that you already mentioned. Um, this is a, it's strange as it sounds. Um, 2002, this team was in the Super Bowl. I know that's a long time ago. Uh, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were led by some guy named John Gruden. Um, and since 2003, the Oakland Raiders have been in the playoffs once. And, you know, this is a long and proud franchise looking to get its act back together. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what I'm going to be interested to see, Julie, mm-hmm. is can the, will the Raiders keep all three first-round picks? Will they try to trade down? Will they try to trade into next year? They've mm-hmm. got a lot of work to do. Um, and I'll be really curious to see what happens. You know what would be really kind of funny, though? Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's going to be doing the selections, uh, <laughs> maybe May- Mike Mayock can only not only help uh, John Gruden make the pick, uh-huh. but then they can both break it down. Oh, like they, like they were both doing during the draft for uh-huh. for the NFL Network and ESPN, respectively. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I miss. I'm going to miss Mike Mayock. He was so knowledgeable. But you know, there's other ones that are starting to shine through. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen with this draft. Well, that's the AFC West. As far as the NFC West, once again, the Rams were in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks were in the playoffs. Uh The Arizona Cardinals had the worst record in football. But the team that everybody picked when we did our poll were the San Francisco 49ers. And again, Mm -hmm. certainly understandable because this was a team that came into 2018 with a lot of momentum. They had won their last five games. A lot of that spurred on by the midseason acquisition of Jimmy Garoppolo. They went out in free agency last year, signed Jarek McKinnon away from the Minnesota Vikings. He was supposed to be a vital part of that team. He got hurt late in the summer, lost for the season. Jimmy Garoppolo went down in week three at Kansas City, out for the rest of the season, went through multiple quarterbacks. Um, their defense just hasn't answered the bell. Um, you know, they have all those first round draft choice, Julie, mm-hmm. on, on the defensive line. But I have an astounding stat for you. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Last season, the San Francisco 49ers as a team intercepted two passes. Hmm. Um, the San Francisco 49ers as a team forced seven turnovers. Oh, my. Those are both. NFL records in terms of ineptitude. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I mentioned to somebody, Earl Thomas, former teammate of Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. um, a name that is kind of floated around out there by some people is, you know, he's likely going to leave, uh, leave Seattle. You remember how his season ended after four games last year mm-hmm. being carted off. Earl Thomas played four games for the Seahawks last year and had three interceptions. The 49ers, as I just mentioned, played 16 games and had two. 
So um, as, as much as you want to point to McKinnon and point to Garoppolo, um, their defense has not really stepped to the forefront um, these last couple of years, and they are in desperate need of some playmakers. And this is a team that has the second overall pick right behind their division rivals, um, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about two teams uh, kind of symmetry with each other? Yeah. The Cardinals last year went three and 13. Two of their wins were against the 49ers. Oh. <laughs> that kind of left you speechless. Huh? That, 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 that. I did. I, you know, I mean, I think we should start having the segment on this show on, you know, try to shock Julie because that that's a very shock one right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you, you think about this day and age and listen, teams don't turn over the football right. like they used to back in the seventies and eighties and so on. But again, to have only two interceptions as a team, when teams are throwing the ball as much as they are, um, you know, they had a decent amount of sacks to Forrest Buckner, you know, he's been the one first-round pick on that defensive line that has really stepped up his game and so on. They, they really haven't gotten the steady contributions from some of the other guys. But John Lynch, the general manager, has never been shy about spending money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be very interested to see what they do. Um, you know, this is a team member. This team with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach, three straight trips to the NFC title game. It went to right. the Super Bowl in 2012. Um they haven't been back since they've gone through a multitude um, of head coaches. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan um, is in the position to succeed, had some bad luck with McKinnon and Garoppolo last year, but they still need a lot of talent and they need playmakers on defense. I wouldn't be surprised if they dedicated most of their draft and free agency in that regard. Yeah, very interesting. They have a lot of needs to fill. You know, they have many of them. Um, I definitely think that they would probably be very active in free agency and then let's see what they can do in the draft as well. Yeah. And speaking of free agency, we are on the cusp of free agency starting. It officially goes down on Wednesday, March 13th at 4 p.m. But on March 11th, what people like to refer to and kid around about as the quote unquote legal tampering. It's, uh, you know, which is kind of like saying jumbo shrimp. I steal that from George Carlin, <laughs> legal tampering. Um, on, on March 11th, which is Monday, players who are unrestricted free agents can talk to other teams. Mm-hmm. And even though the deals won't become official until 4 p.m. Eastern time on March 13th, you'll see a lot of deals announced, very much like the trades we have seen mm-hmm. so far. Joe Flacco going to Denver and then now most recently – uh, Case Keenum, who's no longer needed in Denver, is now going to the Washington Redskins. That deal will become official um, on Wednesday. So there's going to be a lot happening over these next couple of days um, in terms of table setting for free agency. As you know, um, the early days, the first couple of weeks of free agency is when a lot of the big names come off the board. We know six names aren't going anywhere as of right now. Those are the players who were designated with the franchise tag, um, mostly defensive linemen um, or pass rushers in that regard. And, of course, Robbie Gould, the kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. So um, it's going to be a fascinating couple of days, and I can assure you, and Julie can assure you as well, over the next month or so, 
uh, we will continue to have our share of very informative guests here on PFG Vibecast. So for Julie Noted, as in Julie Noted underscore PFG, and for myself, Bax Football Guru on Twitter, and for PFG Vibecast, which is PFG Vibe on Twitter, um, we want to thank you for listening to episode number nine. Nine episodes already. I can't believe that. My goodness. My goodness. Time flies when you're recording, I guess. So, and having fun. And having fun. And, and you're fun. I'll just say that, you know? You're just you're fun, Julie. You know, so. I try my best, and I'm so glad that you can see that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, until next time, um, thanks again for listening to our show. Um, you can find us in many places um, all over the net. And if you want to get caught up on all the episodes we've done so far, um, just go to ProFootballGuru.com and hit the tab PFG Vibe. Julie, thanks a lot, and we will talk to everybody soon. Thank you. Good night, everyone.